Thank you for downloading this podcast from Awakening Church. You know, um, Cameron's been a musician for a long time. He's been playing with me, playing drums for a long time. The sole purpose that I trained him to do anything is so he can play like that behind me right now. It's the only reason I trained him to do any of it. I've been waiting for years for him to do that. And so uh, uh, just playing. I I hope that over the last few weeks and... It's just what you've been able to see for the last few weeks, but we've seen this for some time. You know, before any school started, you know, the prayer meeting we had at our house, uh, Cameron Chaney came and was leading us in worship, playing the guitar, leading us in worship. You've seen over the couple of last couple of weeks uh, what the Lord is doing in another generation. And this is what we talk about when we talk about generational legacy. This, this is, this is, this is them rising and calling us blessed. You understand that, right? It's not that, Oh man, I'm not doing, we were at a service today and, uh, they were leading and I got the opportunity to just play with them. I didn't say a word, didn't sing a song, didn't do anything. I just played the keyboard. And that was the greatest joy to be able to sit back and watch another generation go after what we're talking about. You understand that's what we're talking about, right? We've been talking for seven years about generational legacy. And there are other people who are here under the sound of my voice. There are other people that maybe they're not here under the sound of my voice that carry a sound, an authentic sound and it's what Jeremiah prophesied that the bride would get her voice back it's what Jeremiah prophesied about that the bride would get her voice back and uh, I'm so I'm so grateful it's you know and it, it, it what I love is here at Awakening it spans generations it spans generations it's really easy sometimes for us to take for granted what we're able to enjoy in regard to worship here at awakening it just really is it's it's sometimes we just we get used to it because it just happens right so many talented people that are here that give themselves and so i'm grateful for that and i know that that it is it is the culmination of what the lord has been saying and uh just speaking to us uh, for some time and uh, I'm just I'm really grateful really grateful hallelujah hallelujah thank you Lord I just want to tell you Tanya he's not done with Cody he's not done he's another one he's another one he carries a sound he carries a sign. Why don't you just stretch your hand towards Tanya right now and let's just call Cody in right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just call Cody into his rightful identity in Jesus' name. We just call him in right now into his rightful identity and that the depth that is on the inside of him would be released. Generations, generations that are on the inside of him would be released in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we just call him in. We just call him in. It's time. It's time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just speak to every prodigal. We say, hear the voice of a loving father. Hear the voice of a loving father who brings acceptance, identity, a ring and a robe, a ring and a robe. We just say, let that be, let that be the mantle that's over this city. That the sons and daughters receive a ring and a robe. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Ha. Ah. Well, 
I do have something I want to say. Before I do that, though, the last several weeks we've been honoring uh, some of the folks that are just really hard workers here. And so I'm going to ask Wes and Opie if you'll come down here just a moment. Uh, we just, yeah, while they're getting, Wes is working and so we'll wait on him to come around i do want to say it's such a, a joy to have uh dave and jan jarvis uh, administrative bishop in oklahoma thank you so much it's such a an honor to be able to uh, uh be with you it's kind of like the old days he was in service with us this morning too we've uh, we've spent some time in multiple services jan was talking about that earlier and so um it's just always good to have you guys we honor you we love you all and uh, so grateful for your legacy as well Hey, amen. Those of you that don't know, Wes and Opie are over our media department here. Uh, the computer, they, the sound, all of that stuff, it happens because they lead a team that makes that happen. And um, with, with every leader, I've been able to say this, and there's no exception here. I love that I don't have to worry about it. If there's something that comes up, they immediately communicate. They let us know what's going on. They make sure that it happens. They they lead a team who also comes to rehearsal on Thursday nights and just work to make sure that we are able to enjoy what we enjoy at Awakening Church. And so guys, we just wanted to say how much we honor you. We love you. We had this for you before Christmas. We understand there've been some circumstances and some things that didn't allow that to happen, but we just want you to know that uh, you're Kingdom family loves you. We honor you. And we're so grateful for you. And awakening is better because of you guys, for sure. Amen. We love you all. Amen. Amen. All right, man. You better stop or I'll get going and go for about three hours. How many of you are excited to see 2020 come? How many, how many of you are excited to see 2019 go? Yeah, I am too. I am so, so grateful. Uh, I, I want to share with you today what I feel like the Lord is saying, and I, I'm, I'm going to go back and pull on some stuff that I talked to you about in November, and um, because I believe that's when the Lord began to talk to us prophetically about what 2020 would hold, and um, so just some exciting stuff that I think the Lord wants to do today in service, and uh, just as, as as we go, one of the things that the Lord spoke to us some time ago was was this word: "Take the governor off." Take the governor off. What is a governor? A governor is something that will restrict the flow of fuel so as to limit the speed of something in motion. Okay? The, the actual definition from the dictionary says this. A device automatically regulating the supply of fuel, steam, or water to a machine, ensuring uniform motion or limiting speed. Everybody say limiting speed. One of the issues that we have to understand when it comes to the idea of removing a governor, when it comes to the idea of, of a limiting speed, one of the things that happens is we begin to look around us and we begin to judge our pace by those who are around us. And if the speed is such that we can keep up with, whether it's fast or slow, we base our forward motion on what's going on around us. It, it, it's called this. It's called the law of relatable dimensions. I've talked about that before. The law of relatable dimensions is this. If, if I'm a golfer and I go into a group of people, inevitably I'm going to find out who the other golfer is and we're going to connect. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so you find those who have like thoughts, like processes, good or bad, and you gravitate toward those things. And then what we do is we, we begin to make that our standard of pace regardless of speed. Are you, are, are you with me? Okay. And, and so th this, is, this has been a huge tactic that the enemy has used forever. Something, watch this, he doesn't care that you're moving. He cares, can he limit your speed? You understand that's why he, he the Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked, right? 
Now, I, I know a bunch of ignorant rednecks that used to make that about race, but it had nothing to do with race. You understand that? I come from a line of ignorant rednecks. It's okay for me to use that language, okay? <laughs> Seriously, though, they would make that what it was about, but it has nothing to do with that. The picture is, can you move at the same speed to the thing that you're yoked to? That, that's, that's what it has to do with, okay? And so when we talk about removing the governor, that's why Jesus would say, take my yoke upon you because it's easy. There's a whole lot I could talk to you about that, but that, that's not really where I want to go. But I, I want you to get in your mind this idea of removing the governor, and I want you to begin to ask the question. Here, here's really what I, where all of this is coming from. What will be different in 2020 for you? What will be different in 2020? We've seen all of the prophetic words. We've seen all of the New Year's resolutions. We've seen all of this stuff, and here's the, here, here's the truth, okay? If you don't make adjustments, nothing will be different. It will continue to repeat itself over and over again until you decide, hey, there's something that's limiting my forward motion. There's something that's limiting me being able to run as fast as I can in the lane that he has put me in. What is that limiting factor? What is the governor? And I hear the word of the Lord clearly saying, remove the governor. Take the governor off. Take it off. Remove that thing, okay? Let's look at this. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Familiar verses of Scripture. Familiar verses of Scripture. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It comes on the tail end of what we would call the, the hall of faith. Hebrews 11 just the stories over and over and over again of, of, of the people of faith in, in the Bible, Abraham and Sarah and, and all of those that are listed there. And then this is what it says. In, in the Passion Translation, of course, is what I'm reading today. As for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go... <laughs> I just shared the password with somebody. It just came right up here. It won't let me. Turn that thing off. Jesus' name. <laughs> Let's start over. My goodness. That was prophetic when I was getting ready. So, the thing that so easily besets me. I'm joking. Hebrews chapter 12. As for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. Hold on before I read the next one. Don't you wish sometimes Dr. Simmons would just leave stuff alone? Right. It's really easier to say lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. But he wants to get all personal and say... We must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. I didn't figure we'd shout right there, but it would have been a good place. Verse 2. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. If you read the footnote there, he says he's the pioneer of our faith. I like that. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. He endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. Okay, watch this. This follows Hebrews 11 all of the people of faith, and, and the last couple of verses of Hebrews 11 are some of the saddest in the Bible. Those of you who are, who are Bible scholars, you'll, you'll know what it says, that they waited and waited for the promise, but they did not obtain the promise. What was the promise? Let me help you. It was not a land flowing with milk and honey. It was not a land flowing with milk and honey. It wasn't extreme freedom. It wasn't that Israel was going to overthrow the Roman Empire. It was none of that stuff. The promise was Jesus. 
they did not get the opportunity to see the fullness of the man Jesus. They did not see the fullness of faith's perfection, which was the man Christ Jesus. The governor, the restriction was that they didn't get to see him. Are you with me? Okay. We can see him if we choose to. Or we can choose to hamper forward movement. We have the choice. We can choose to see him as faith's perfection. See, here, here's what you have to understand. When, when, when we read this, he's the author and finisher of our faith. Sometimes, well, let me just say the way that, that I always understood that scripture is he started it and he'll finish it, but it's my work in between that makes me have faith, right? How many of you have, 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 have gotten up someday in 2019 and said, you know what? I just don't know if I have the faith to go on. Anybody? I'm the only one. I'm raising my hand. No, seriously. I don't know if I can make it through this one. I don't know if I can handle this one more time. I don't know if I can do this. Here's what I want to tell you. I want to relieve all of that pressure because he's the pioneer and he's the perfection of that. What that means in, in literal terms is that he's everything in between and he's the one that brings faith into fullness. How can you say that, Ryan? Because the writer of Hebrews says that we remove our gaze from the natural realm. Can I tell you why we get stuck in cycles and why we get stuck in governors that limit motion? It's because our gaze stays focused on the natural realm. And it says that we would remove our gaze from that and look at the man Jesus who is the pioneer or the one who begins faith and the one who brings it to perfection because he uses the terms brings it to for perfection it means that when he starts it he doesn't become absent father and then show up when you're mature right. he starts it and walks with you step by step to help you see things correctly so that your faith then moves into maturity. And here's what's amazing about him. He is not messed up because of your process. He's not wounded because of your process. He's not hurt because of that. And guess what? He's not going to outrun your process. What could be the governor? What If there were something there, what could limit us from moving at the speed that he has for us? L let me ask you this. What if, what if there was really no governor on your expression of worship? Like for real. I mean, I, I, I know, you know, this is a church and, and, and we're free here and, and it's great. But for real, if there was no governor on your expression of worship, if there was nothing that said, oh, I'm going to dial it back just a little bit. What, what, if there was, what if there was no, no governor on his imputed love working through us? Do you know why we have governors on love? Because we think that it's our love that has to do it. His love was imputed to me. What does that mean? It means I'm not loving with my love. I'm now loving with the love that he imputed to me because I don't have the ability to love correctly. What would it look like if we removed that governor? What, what would it look like if there was no governor on your ability to believe that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? What would it look like if your past had no say in what happens today or tomorrow? You understand this is what he paid for. What would it look like if we removed those governors? Let me ask you this. What would it look like if there was no governor on your faith for him to heal? And watch this, watch this, because I know, I know. Well, I believe he heals, brother. Watch this. Not just that he can heal, but that he will. What if there was no governor? What if there was nothing there that hindered that? Okay, okay, okay. I, I wish that that were true even in my life, right? But there are some things that are governors. There are some things. And, and again, you know, we could have just left it at the, the King James Version, the weight. 
that so easily besets us. But Dr. Simmons goes a little deeper into the actual translation. He says the wound. And the, the implication of this, watch this, the implication is that it's the tip of an arrow that is stuck in you. Come on, we'll shout because the arrow's broken, but we still can't run because the tip of the arrow, the wound is still open. There's something there that continually reminds me that it's limiting my speed, that it's limiting my ability to move forward. The arrow is gone, but the tip is there. Why? Because you have to be willing to dig really, really deep if you're going to get rid of the weight that caused the wound. It's so much easier in battle to take the arrow and break it off and throw it so that I can continue to move, even if I move a little slower and never remove the tip. And then infection sets up and it hinders my motion. And if it hinders my motion long enough and then it gets into my bloodstream, it would then hinder my vision. Is that correct? It would hinder the way I see things. I'm going somewhere. I hope you all understand. You know I'm going somewhere, right? It would hinder what I'm able to see, not because there's an arrow sticking out of me, but because there's this little tip of an open wound that was never dealt with, that was never fixed, that was never addressed, and now I move a little slower. It governs the way I respond to people. It governs the way that I address relationships. It governs the way that I worship. It governs the way that I talk to my spouse. It governs the way that I talk to my children. It governs the way that my children talk to me. It governs everything that happened. And we begin to look through this lens of broken arrows. Maybe it was a fiery dart that got through. Who knows what it was, but it has become a governor that limits forward motion. Watch this. Notice that he also says, he, he mentions that this wound happens before he mentions sin. Now, it'd be a little easier, again, on my ears, if I could just say, oh, well, you see, I fell into sin, and then I got wounded, and what had happened was is I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. But no, 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 no. He says the wound happens, but watch this. He doesn't say the wound pushes you into sin. He says that the wound, if, if you really break down that language, if you really break down the language there, what he's saying is that sin is waiting outside the door to catch you. Now, have I heard that somewhere before? Mm -hmm. I believe I have in Genesis. I believe it's chapter number four, actually, where Cain and Abel are offering a sacrifice of worship. And there's something that's not accepted by Cain. And God the Father comes and talks to him and says, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? And if you don't do what is right, then sin, the predator, is crouching at the door waiting for you. See, here's what happens. We blame a whole lot of stuff on sin when it's really tied to the wound that then pushed us into something inferior and sin was waiting for us in that inferior moment. I should have told y'all we're doing a corporate sozo session today right now. I'm going to follow it up by what lie are you believing? It's a joke. It's a joke. But not really. See, here's the thing. Man, Ryan, why do you, you got to do that? Because remember what I said? You can't get the tip of the arrow out unless you dig just a little bit. And I'm not interested in a moment's pain, I'm more interested in us being whole and removing that so that every governor is released. And, and listen, if you think that I'm not going back and like looking in the mirror, is there a wound? Is what, what is going on? 
Because I don't want there to be a governor. I don't want a misperception to keep me from what he wants me to do. I, I, I don't want my ability to see what it is that he's doing. I told you I'm going somewhere. If you remember what I talked to you about 2020, I know everybody's been saying it's about vision and clear vision, and you're going to double vision, you know, 2020. I mean, every prophetic word that we can do, every color that we need. I mean, seriously, and I believe in all that. But if you don't see it correctly, it doesn't matter how long you look at it. If you can't see it correctly... It doesn't matter how long you look at it. So he mentions, he mentions the wound before he mentions sin. Because it could, the, the translation could be that sin that so cleverly entangles us. Or the Aramaic would translate it, the sin that is ready and waiting for us. How many of you felt like you moved into something and you just, it was ready and waiting for me? I didn't even try to walk into it, but it was ready and waiting for me in there. None of y'all? Okay, I have. So this has been the truth from the beginning. God told Cain that if he did right to be accepted, if he did not sin, was waiting for him. Watch this. What was it in regard? It was in regard to worship. It was in regard to worship. How does my perception change? My perception only changes in worship. I, I, seriously, my perception only changes in worship. The, uh, most theologians believe that they were sacrificing to God and it would open a portal to heaven. That's what they believed. I mean, they had continuous communion, continuous contact with God. So they believed the sacrifice was the beginning of these moments and, and they would open a portal. God would begin to speak to them. And, and so here, here's what's happening. I would like to propose that we have been under an open heaven ever since Jesus was baptized. How can you say that, Ryan? Because it said that the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit descends like a dove. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased, Right? It's the opening of the movement of the Holy Spirit. What I'm, what I'm getting at is we can pray with the perception that we have to ask for an open heaven, or we can pray from the perception that he's already opened the heaven. And if you don't like that opening, then just go over to Acts chapter 2, where it said that the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all in one place in one accord, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, right? You, you, you know the scripture. And, and so our perception, though, our perception guides us in the way that we live and the way that we approach not just relationships, but the way that we approach God. What would it look like? What would it look like if the governor was removed? How does worship, how, how does worship affect perception? You become what you behold. Sit there and look at the problem long enough and analyze it from every single area and know it inside and out and know every definition and Google everything you can find out about what's wrong with the disease and the sickness and the problem and da-da-da-da-da. You become what you behold. The psalmist said that about the Israelites who were looking at idols. He said, you're looking at something that has no eyes, or it has eyes, but it can't see. It has ears, and it can't hear, and you have become just like that because it's what has gained your affection. Your perception is adjusted in worship. Does that mean that I am not acknowledging that there's an issue? No, there's a wound, and there's an arrow tip, but I choose to not focus on the arrow tip, I choose to focus out of the natural realm into the pioneer and the perfecter of faith, the fullness. Perception is adjusted in worship. What, what is hindering, what is hindering your ability to see the man Jesus correctly? What is it? What is it? All right. I wrote these notes November the 3rd. 
Okay, that's when I first started talking about this to you guys. The Lord started talking to me about a month earlier about this. I wrote these notes November the 3rd. I want you to listen to this, okay? I'm going to get into some of the prophetic stuff in 2020 right now, okay? So I want you to listen. The Lord is giving us grace and availability to remove the governor that has hindered forward motion. We are moving into an acceleration. In the last two months, talking previously, we have been witness to multiple healings, financial breakthroughs, and other miraculous activity in our kingdom family. This is to become the normal expression of the kingdom at work in and through us. I spoke at the end of 2018 about not looking past 2019. Though it was seemingly an insignificant year on the way to 2020. For some time, people have been declaring that 2020 would be about clear vision. This is what I, this is what I spoke about at the end of 2018. I believe God is opening our eyes to concepts that are going to unveil some mysteries of heaven that we have been waiting for. I believe in 2019 we are going to experience some finalies. What has been veiled will finally be unveiled. Finally, I will have heaven's perspective. This was the end of 2018. I said that what we do with 2019 will impact what we see in 2020. Some of you remember that, right? Okay. October the 9th, 2019, while in Pensacola, I heard the Lord say, the way you receive things is tied to the way you perceive things. The way that you receive it is tied to the way that you perceive it. If you receive it through the entrance of a wound, if you receive it through the entrance of past hurt, if you re whatever, the way that you receive it is tied to the way that you perceive it, okay? 2020 is not just about clear vision. It is about clear perception. This is why 2019 has been so important. You have to be able to rightly discern and perceive what you see. Okay? Are you with me? Now, let me, let me just give you a little insight into the way that I do things. I study for confirmation. Okay? You, you could come look at my notes. You could come interview Rebecca and myself. This is what happens. I do my best to hear the word of the Lord. I do my best to hear the word of the Lord. And then I will study to bring confirmation to what he said. I'll study scripture. I'll study commentary. I'll study past prophetic words, whatever you want to call it. That's, what, that, that's how I do it. I don't study to get the word. You understand what I'm saying? Nothing wrong with that. I'm just telling you that's not how I roll. I do my best to hear what the Lord says, and then I go study to confirm. What I'm about to tell you, what I'm about to share with you, I had no clue about until this last week. No clue. When all of that stuff that I just read from you from last year, none of it. I, I didn't even know. Listen, I know just enough about the Jewish calendar and all that stuff to be dangerous. I know just enough to probably make Perry Stone mad that I would even talk about it. <laughs> Seriously. I just don't know that stuff. I don't know it. But what I'm going to share with you is what I believe the Lord is confirming for our kingdom family. And then I'm going to give you a list of things that we got to make sure we have a right perception about. Okay. Are you good? Everybody good? Okay. When I began to talk about this, I had no clue. I didn't even know. And I know there was this big deal about moving into the Hebraic year 5779. I, I get that, but I didn't know anything about it. I, I had no clue. I didn't even put two and two together that we were moving into 5780 at Rosh Hashanah, okay? That's what we moved into, 5780 in the Hebraic calendar, okay? Just real quickly, I'll, I'll give you everything I know about it. You ready? I can do it in like two seconds. There's a Hebraic calendar. There's a Gregorian calendar, okay? I promise I don't know that much about it. I'm, that's just the truth, Okay. The Hebrew year that we're in, 5780. 80 is the Hebrew word pay, P-E-Y, okay? This blows my mind. Like, seriously, I can't even hardly talk about it because it, 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 it so blows my mind. Watch this. The word pay means mouth, and by extension, word, expression, vocalization, speech, and breath. In order... 
of the Hebrew alphabet, Pei follows the letter Ayin, A-Y-I-N, suggesting the priority of the eyes before the verbal expression. Okay, watch this. Negatively reversing this order results in blind consumption or mindless chatter. Remember what the Lord said. You can't look past 2019 trying to get to 2020. I didn't have this language, but it would be blind consumption and mindless chatter to attempt to look past that. Are you with me? There's more. There's more. Okay. This, okay, I don't, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that word, but it means wise one is swift to observe and then to offer an opinion about something. Ayn gives insight, but it is pay the mouth that gives insight and expression. Jesus. Here's what, here's, here's what I want you to hear. What we saw and experienced in 2019 is going to shape our perception of 2020. We will see more, do more, and experience more because we will steward with our words or with our mouth in 2020 what we saw in 2019. Here, here's what I believe. I believe that sometimes we miss out on things that we don't steward correctly with our mouth. There's a, there's, there's, there's a lot deeper teaching. We're going to go into this. And, and again, when, when you begin to hear some of the stuff that the Lord is saying for Awakening Church in the coming weeks, you're going to understand that this is what the Lord has been saying for some time. It, this, this, is, this is something we have to grab onto. Here, here's what he says. The, 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 the writer, the, the Hebrew theologian says this. He says that the word pay, it reflects this idea that what you talk about in your home will reflect the way you live in public. Yeah, it's true. That's a big deal. I, I, I mean, I honestly, I didn't even think I'd get one amen right there. Because there's times that we feel like we can say what we want to, and we don't steward with our mouth in closed settings what we've seen with our eyes, and the fullness of what we've seen with our eyes is never able to come to pass because we don't know how to steward our mouth correctly. That's good preaching, Ryan. That's good preaching. In Jesus' name. See, here, here's what's supposed to happen. The finalies that took place in 2019 are supposed to push us to the perfection or maturity of faith in 2020. Well, man, I don't know, because 2019 just kind of stunk real bad. And it did. In some areas, it did. It did. And it would actually be really easy for me to list out some of the stuff that was just horrendous in 2019. As a matter of fact, the whole month of January, I just really wanted to fall off the face of the planet. And many of you were involved in a lot of that because there was so much hurt and there was so much turmoil and so much wounding that took place right after, right after. You know, that's really good for a preacher to hear too, right? Right after finally 2019, we're going to see heaven's perspective and now all hell breaks loose. It's like praying for that person to live to only find out that they didn't. Here's the thing. We can stay in 2019 or we can take what we saw and begin to steward this correctly and begin to steward these correctly and move into the perfection of something that we never had the ability to even imagine. The perception that we leave the past year with will affect our speech in the next year. 
So this, 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 this Hebrew letter ayin is what precedes the, the letter pay, which is 80. The picture for that is 80. It's eye before mouth. We have moved out of living by what we see. We were never supposed to be in that land, right? Because we don't live by what we see. We live by faith, right? But we're moving into this idea of partnership with God where we will begin to create what we have seen as we steward it correctly with our words. There's some, well, never mind. That's, that's another thing. That's another thing. The way that we steward what we've seen is to begin to release what we've seen with a correct perception from our mouth. Do, do you understand that sometimes, well, let me ask this question. How many of you have ever felt like God was silent? You've, you've felt like he was silent. I just cannot hear him. I just cannot hear him. I've tried and tried. I, I mean, I've, I've ripped my clothes. I've sat in sackcloth and ashes. I've done everything. Fasted. How many of you have fasted? Like, I'm talking about legit fasted. I'm not talking about like I broke it every other, you know, meal. But legit fasted, and at the end of the fast, you realize I, I'm nowhere else spiritually. I'm just hungry. <laughs> have, you, have you had those? Have you ever asked yourself, God, why, can't, why aren't you talking to me right now? Sometimes he doesn't continue to talk to me because I don't know how to see correctly what he's saying. He doesn't have the ability to talk to you without creating something. See, we don't, we, we don't think about that. He creates paradigms. When he opens his mouth, he creates things. He is a creator. And so he's not going to talk to you and give you that piece of revenge for that person that you're looking for because you're not seeing it correctly. Good or bad, it's just how it works. Because he creates when he talks. You know what I want to do? I want to remove the governor off my ability to believe that when he opens his mouth, he creates something. Come on, guys. Here's the deal. What am I saying? I'm saying if he's talking to you, he's not asking permission. He's trying to create a pattern for your life. He's trying to create something so that you can see it correctly. Okay. It's really easy to look at 2019 and say, you know what? That really stunk. What did we see in 2019? What I'm about to give you, what I'm about to read to you, has become normal language when we talk and we're like, you know what, this is just ridiculous. I'm over this. How's it, why, why, how, who, when? And then we'll begin to walk through, okay, now what is truth? Yeah. What is truth? I have a list of eight, eight bona fide miracles that have taken place in our family here at Awakening, just since September. Just since September. What are we looking at? Right. Oh, we don't have our own building. <laughs> oh, we this, and we've got to do this, and it sucks. It don't even stink. It sucks. It's terrible. <laughs> You're right. You're right. But here's what's happened in spite of all that that I want to look at. Billy's sister was miraculously healed in Alabama. I remember the service. You remember that? You remember when we got the testimony? Grandma Varney's kidneys miraculously healed at the doctor. She looked at Stephanie and the doctor. She's like, oh, I knew when it happened. Well, you could have told us, right? That's what I'm just speaking. Not, not trying to speak for Stephanie, but I, I was going to say, I, I, I feel like I have permission. Completely healed. There's a testimony that came from Tiffany and Daniel that Carson, they had to move because they're building a house. Remember that? And they said, I want to testify that Carson has made 
the best transition. It was miraculous. She's like, I, 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 I didn't even know how to expect it, I think was the language that you, you used. That, that Carson transitioned from what he had always known into this new normal for him with, with, with nothing, no issues. Guys, it's a miracle. Watch this. There's another family, and I just didn't, I, I didn't get a chance to talk to them, so I don't, want to put, I, don't, I don't want to put them out there. But they came to me, and they said, we received a promotion and a bonus at our job that we had no idea was coming like that, and it was absolutely unbelievable. The bonus and, and the thing that was happening. Okay? Alyssa. This was by her own admission, because I don't believe this, but by her own admission, she got a job that she said she wasn't qualified for. The reason I say I don't believe it is because I think Alyssa is qualified to probably be the president, just to be real honest. <laughs> but she got a job that she was not qualified for. They looked at everything and gave Alyssa the job. There was a word of knowledge that came through one day when Lisa was not here. Steve gave a word of knowledge and said, there's something in a lady's throat, and I don't know what it was, and she was on the way to the ER. And we prayed right then in the middle of the service, and there was a turnaround that happened immediately. It was an immediate miracle. There was a miraculous turnaround for Benjamin when they said that Benjamin shouldn't even be living. Come on, man. Listen, do you understand where I'm getting, where, where I'm going? They said he shouldn't even be living with what he had ingested and what he had done. They said there's no way that he'll recover. His liver won't recover to this. And Faye, she said, I'm not accepting that. Will you pray with us? And we prayed for several weeks. And they had to come back and say, you know what? His liver is doing fine. But then this. And it was like, no, it's not going to happen. That turned around. It was a miraculous miracle that took place. Someone that should have been dead, should have been dead is not, right? And then last week I tell you guys that out of the blue, the single, single largest, the largest single gift to ever be given to Awakening Church by someone, they don't even go to this church. They just walked up and said, you know what, I need a place to tithe. And we're like, okay, cool. And they handed a check to Rebecca for $20,000. The single, do you understand what I'm saying? Was it a big enough deal for us is what I want to know. Was it a big enough deal for us to see these miracles so that they could become the normal happenstance? Because here's the thing that I learned real early on, that if I want more of something, I need to learn how to be thankful. I need to learn how to be thankful. And I've said this forever. If we will steward our thankfulness over a sore throat or over a job or over a bonus or over a headache, we're going to be able to steward thankfulness over cancer being healed. We're going to be... Listen, I don't... I mean, I... I could talk to you about cancer today as well because 2019 brought some of that to some of our dear friends who happened to be here today. I had no clue that they would be here. And they... What did they tell you? That's, that's what I'm saying. They, they, they told her, we don't even know what can happen with this. We don't know. Didn't they tell you they weren't sure if they could do surgery initially? Exactly. We didn't accept it. As a matter of fact, you know what? We were coming in. We were coming in from Rhonda's funeral. We were driving in to Louisville. We got the call on the way in. And we were in our car and we were like, are you kidding me are you kidding me that we had to go to the hospital because they had found something on Bethany's brain we walked in there we didn't know what to expect didn't know what to plan for and I heard the Lord speak directly to me and he said you speak to it I don't know if you remember that or not but I stood at the foot of her bed and I heard him say you speak to it now listen 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 he used doctors to heal, and he did, it did all kinds of things. What I'm saying is he was building my faith so that I would have a correct perception. Right after that happened, listen, I just wrote the, I didn't even write this one down. Right after that happened, we get a call. Tom Doolittle has this crazy heart thing that nobody should have recovered from. Isn't that correct? No one should have recovered from the heart issue that he had. Guess what? I smoked some ribs for him just a couple of months ago. 
because he's good. He's good. What I'm trying to tell you is what you see, how will you steward with your mouth what you see? Do you ever have to wonder, is he worthy of worship? Do you ever have to wonder, is he worthy? Here's the thing. We can't let the wound, the tip of the arrow, the negative, the hurt, cloud what we know we've seen. What we know we've seen. I could go back over my life. And I can look at moments where the enemy 100% tried to take me out. 100%. And I could dwell on that. I could dwell. You could dwell on all of the hurt. Or you can choose to steward what you've seen correctly with your mouth that comes from here. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's really all I have today. Was, was our perception correct over this list of miracles? Was it a big enough deal for us? Come on, I want you to ask that question. I want that to ring in your ears for the rest of this year. Is what the Lord has done for me, is it a big enough deal? Is it a big enough deal? Have I made a big enough deal of what he has done? Here's what I want to tell you. The kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is at hand. I've got two things that I want to pray for, and then I've got one thing that I want to do. First thing I want to pray for, I want to pray for those who have been limited by the tip of the arrow. I want to pray for those of you that are here today. And there's been a wound that has caused a governor to limit forward motion and to hinder the speed at which you run. I want to pray for you. And I want to pray for those who you have specific Sickness or ailment that you know of right now, specific, you know what it is. I'm not, I'm not talking about, I've, you know, and, and I don't want to diminish this, but I just want to do what the Lord told me to do, okay? So I'm not diminishing if, if it's a headache or a, a, a backache or a, a, a you know, throat ache. I'm, I'm not diminishing that, but you specifically know that this is what it is that needs to be removed. I want to pray for those today. So if, if, if any of that's you, li now listen to me, listen to me. I want to ask the question I asked at the beginning. What will be different in 2020? What will be different? What will you do differently to remove the governor and really allow him to do what he wants to do? So you've been limited. You know that there's a wound. Maybe it's physical, spiritual, emotional, whatever it is. You know that there's a wound. I'm asking you today, be man enough and woman enough to stand up and say, there's something that has been limiting me. There's a tip of an arrow somewhere stuck, and I need help. Or you have a specific sickness that you need healing from. I just want you to stand right where you are. I'm just going to pray for you. I just want you to stand. Yeah, go ahead, stand. Come on, would you just pray with me right now? We're just gonna we're gonna call these out. We're gonna pray. Just a moment. Come on, just pray in the Holy Ghost with me right now. Just do that. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast from Awakening Church. You can find us online at awakeningky.com.